Sound on WGN. Beautiful, beautiful. That would be Ken Goodman, Rick Moser, Rachel Drew there on vocals, and Chloe Orwell on vocals. So thank you all for um, coming down tonight in dicey weather. And uh, Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming back to the show. For new listeners who may not be... In- you guys are so busy. I mean, you're in a million bands, and you do a lot of club work and stuff. But talk about Imperial Sound, how it all got together, Ken. Well, but it's been about two years. We, me and me and Rick have been in bands 
forever together, and uh, he kind of evolved out of the New Duncan Imperials, right? A band we were in for many, many years. I guess we're still in that band, um, <laughs> technically. Tec- yes. And uh, we wanted to uh, do something a little different, and we talked about it and decided that we were going to go in a, a direction that was completely different from the New Duncan Imperials. Had kind of a, a we call it swinging pop. It was kind of a soulful, yeah, pop sound. Um, that where the songs were just, you know, nothing like what we were doing before. And then we we just started. Rick was writing these songs, and we added a horn section and put pieced the band together. And you know, we made a record, and we, you know, that's how how it kind of got going. Talk about that that song that just uh, yesterday that we just yesterday. Heard. So it, it, uh, you know, I'm a little angry the Beatles got there first, but yeah. we're we're still like, you know, pretty proud of what we did. Um, Honestly, it's a song about uh, kind of what Ken and I have been through in the last 30 or 40 years, really. I mean, it's all about how um, um, the important things we did back then are important to us and how, you know, the viewpoint from now is a fully grown adult, right? Almost, <laughs> almost. We're working on that. Back on those days, right? Yeah. So what is it like when you look back on that? Well, I can't remember anything. I keep asking him, like, so what? We look at photos, and we're like, right. oh, yeah. So yeah. you met Alex Chilton in a hotel room in Memphis, and we were just having this conversation, yeah. right? There a lot of moments back then. Uh, and, um, you know, putting those in the cons- in the context of a, of, a, of a full life is kind of intense, right? I mean, it's like, don't know where they fit always, so... Yeah. One of my questions is, I kind of want, I should have told you guys I was going to ask this, but uh, knowing your catalog and all the different things you've been involved in, what what was music like growing up for you? What And I, I was going to be specific about the record collections. What did you guys have in your record collections? What were what were the cornerstones things, your, go, your go-to stuff? Well, when we got started, music was just being invented. So it was mainly <laughs> sticks and rocks and banging on stuff and grunting. Not, S- not S-T-Y-X. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, right. No, uh, well, for me, you know, my my awakening right was in like seventy two seventy three WLS radio yeah. and the um, Larry Lujak and and um, God it was so cool and um, um, so that was it was cool because you heard everything well and uh, and also it was not it was not allowed my parents weren't into it and so I had to you know go into the covers I'm sure a lot of us did right yeah yeah for so. music well to listen to it right my dad was super uh, you know. He could hear everything that was going on. He would like hammer on my door if it was too loud. So I was under the covers with the little radio and WLS, and it was dancing in the moonlight and Jackie yeah, Blue, I mean, and it was kind of cool. I had a little record player. It played mostly forty fives. It was like a, one of those portable, and I we they would sell forty fives at like the drugstore or at like stores like Kmart or whatever. And I'd buy all these one hit wonder songs. You know, hooked on a feeling, or Jackie Blue, Love or, Train, OJ. You know, Rock yeah. and Roll Baby by the Stylistics, and I was I was always hooked on these uh, these singles that that you know were very mysterious to me. Who was doing the you know these these songs on the W Super CFL charts? You get that list, that little yeah, yeah. Out yeah. Or the WLS list, paper, right? Silver Dollar Survey, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom, and uh, you know, so I, I I grew up starting listening to music. Like that, while I was taking piano lessons and learning classical music and and jazz music, but I, in the meantime, I was listening to you know early seven you know seventies KTEL style rock and roll, and it just got me really excited about 
playing music and yeah. and switching from classical piano to being in a rock band or you know uh, you know meeting other people like a drummer or <laughs> someone else you know that was able to get together in my living room and play music. How'd you guys meet? Well, we were uh, at Northern Illinois University uh, in 1980, and we met partly because we we didn't really understand or agree with sort of the major cultural trends of near <laughs> of uh, NIU, and so we were into the Clash, Pistols, all these new wave, Elvis Costello, you know, Generation Jackson, X, uh, right, Specials. Uh, all these new wave bands and the people who were the vast majority of the people around us were, you know, still into the outlaws, basically. Pure, pure. They were listening to pure, pure <laughs> every day the cow, with these yeah. enormous speakers in their dorm rooms. <laughs> or the yeah, doors had, or sticks were like, oh, my God, I want to kill myself. Speakers and they were blasting, you know, and uh, we were in the into a new wave, you know, and we had the eyeliner and the uh, the funny hair and all that. Yeah, we met. We met by the drinking fountain in the dormitory, and we, like, you know, <laughs> immediately bonded somehow and started a, a new wave band. A new wave band back yeah. in back in college. BB we started a, a band called BB and the Guns, and we had a female singer, BB. She was great. We were the Guns. And we did, Not to be confused with BB Spin. No, 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 <laughs> no sir. Completely <laughs> different. Although we did play with them. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we uh, we we started playing new wave and we became the new wave band kind of on campus at NIU. We played all the frat parties and the, the clubs and the dorm parties. Uh, and we, we, we had a lot of fun. It but was, we also always played our own songs. Yeah. Which we, was a little Rick was strange. writing great, great stuff. We, I was writing yeah, stuff. And we it was were all writing songs together and playing about half and half original songs, which back, you know, in 81, 82 at a frat party, it was a little weird, but, um, we got away with it. It was pretty cool. So you came to, you came together on this common ground, but what did you learn from each other? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no. Um, you know, we were a. Bl- I, I came from a small town in the Midwest, right? I mean, Freeport, Illinois. Okay. So like far out, and and I had no awareness of any Chicago or Chicago suburban culture at all. Right? Okay. I, I had literally never heard of Neil Young, so like to meet Kenny was like, wow, there's this whole universe of culture and music um i don't know what i gave to him but that's what he gave to me it was like wow this is uh a lot of stuff i didn't know was happening yeah he introduced me the 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 wonders of freeport illinois and we went to his parents house it was, it was magical and we would go to rockford and play oh, yeah. gigs but in high school i had a fake id so i would go to i would go to punk clubs in chicago that's where kind of i discovered new wave and punk rock i went there were all these punk clubs in, in you know, mm-hmm. 1979, Tuts. and uh, I was intrigued by them, and I had a couple of other friends with fake IDs, so we, we would get in. It was easy back then. I don't know okay. why. You, you know, and we I discovered the Dead Kennedys and, you know, uh, Subverts. Oh, there's all these punk clubs and punk bands and the, the culture and the clothing, and that, that was more interesting to me than... You know, pure Prairie League, Freeport, Illinois. We're gonna we're <laughs> we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back and get into, get into some Prob to Record stuff too. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN.
Is it over? Yes, and it's not coming back. So did you leave her? Oh, I ain't going back. I can't keep crawling back again and again. Do you still love her? Oh, I ain't falling back. You hear her calling. I ain't calling back. And now you're hurting. I can't keep calling back again and again. Blame her. No, I ain't playing that. The love you gave her. She put an end to that. So now you hate her. No, I ain't saying that. Let's just let it go. Let it go. I don't care, I don't care, I don't Can you hear her voice when she whispers? I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't Now you see her with another and another and another I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I Thank you, and that's Imperial Sound. Ken Goodman, Rick Mosher, and Rachel Drew. So, uh, boy, I got so much to talk about before 1030 here. Um, talk about that song, and then talk about the gigs coming up. There's Hey Nani, and yeah, Cash, and then there's Expo 76. I mean, just talk about all this stuff <laughs> coming up. Uh, that song. Imper- Imperial yeah. Sound, we got a gig uh, on January 26th. That's next Saturday at, at Hey Nani, a, a cool new club in Arlington Heights. Very excited about yeah, that show. Uh, Sounds like fun. It's, it's kind of a... Gastro pub, music club, and it's our it's our first time there, but we've been hearing great things about yeah. it. Yeah, um, in Arlington Heights, so we got that show, 
next Saturday, and then uh, we got a show February eighth at the Out of Space in uh, in Berwyn, and uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of a lot of gigs coming up. We like to get out of the winter before we like start playing heavily because, as you as you can see, the weather can affect our tour of Cancun the weather can affect shows in the, in the city. Um, and what was that song you just did? That was called "Ain't Crawling Back." It's on the album. It's on the album, uh, um, the new AM, which is our debut album. It's come yeah. came out uh, around October of last year, and. Uh, you know, it's one of 12 songs, and they're all originals. We play them all. all we're night. trying to do the horn parts with vocals. Yeah. We generally uh, have a horn we, section. We have a horn but, section. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. let them up. We also have a rhythm section, usually, <laughs> yeah. and uh, they couldn't fit on the elevator. So, uh, um, uh, so that was, yeah, that was basically just, you know, singing and guitar. But um, when we play Hey Nani's or anywhere, Hey Nani or anywhere else, it's going to be the full band um, playing all the parts, and yeah. All the parts with all the horns. But yeah, that's one of the songs on there. And, uh, um, you know, we're a song band, basically. So, like, if the songs are good and we play them well, we're all set. So, uh, you know, that's what it's about. We're not really into the big, you know, uh, lasers and smoke machines. And, <laughs> yeah. Chloe and Rachel, how'd you find these guys? And, Chloe, I know I just love talking about the handcuffs. Oh, well, we know you like the handcuffs <laughs> yeah, right. there, Dave. We know, you're, yeah. we know that side yeah, of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's like a community. How'd you how'd you yeah. hook up with? I think they found us. Yeah, they hunted us down. Um, I found them pretty likable, and oh, <laughs> you mean how we? Yeah, right. Yeah, I've known Ken and um, Rick used to babysit me, <laughs> <laughs> and then she was very bad. Very I bad. was a oh, terribly. Like yeah. misbehaved. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. She needed a lot of correcting. Um, they're well, still working it out. Yeah, they right actually, now. they sort of invited us to be in the band. Because you do your own stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, and so does Rachel. Yeah, Rachel's Rachel is all a, over the place. Yeah. Is amazing, yeah. and I mean, I'm amazing. You're and, amazing. And they, why, You're amazing. why wouldn't they want us in the band, really? I mean... So will you be at the Hainani show? We needed good, yes. we needed good singers. Yeah. And I'll be opening <laughs> at the Hainani show with my friend Tony Richards. They do... Okay. It's jazz my standards. favorite thing to see in the city is their jazz standards they do together. Thanks. Tony and yeah. Rachel, it's just wonderful. And you've got shows coming up, Rachel, and we we, we all do. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, for sure. What's the Amy Winehouse thing you're doing? Um, and that's got some of the old horns from, um, if I'm not mistaken, from Expo '76. <laughs> yeah, right. So I have yeah. a residency at Montrose Saloon right. on the fourth Sundays of the month, and the next one is, uh, or the first one I should say is, yes, it's the 27th of this month. And I happen to be doing a set of Amy Winehouse and then a set of my own songs with the horn section. Well, that'll be good. Thanks. That'll it'll be, be good. It'll be great. Yeah. And what's, what's up with you? you got a show coming up, too, right? I have a show coming up. I feel like I shouldn't promote it because it's the same Go night. Go ahead. It's the same night as their show in Out of Space, which, sadly, I can't attend because I have my own show at Montrose uh, with a band from Grand Rapids, Michigan, called The Jet Beats, and the handcuffs are... are closing that show out and it'll be a really fun night um and i'll miss my imperial sound family we'll miss you too okay okay we're going to take a break for david jennings and the news and i'm going to come back and we're going to talk about 35 years of pravda records and we're going to talk about the andre williams documentary you know andre yes so and maybe another song or two yeah we got more songs so thanks you guys thanks again for coming in and thanks for everybody for listening tonight and uh, we'll be back after the news on wgn 
Sound on WGN. That would be Ken Goodman, Rick Mosher, Rachel Drew, and Chloe Orwell. When you guys listening to WLS and CFL back in the day, did you ever think you'd be at the uh, Allstate Skyline Studio on WGN playing 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 live music? Never imagined. Yeah, we'd be at the Allstate WGN. It is it is a nice view. It's great. Navy Pier, river. You got a train and cars yes so talk about that song and talk about you got a new record you're working on a new record right or we're singles gonna, or we're recording some new singles um up, up, the greatest hits uh <laughs> double album but that that song was called the quarry uh rick can tell you about it he, he wrote it it's uh yeah it's, it's it's a slice of life you know it's about going to the quarry jumping in the water and remembering what that felt like i guess and uh the innocence and sort of freedom of doing that, yeah. Was that by Freeport? <laughs> we had quarries quarry. in Naperville. Yes. We had quarries. There was a quarry by I got arrested port. at a quarry in Naperville. Actually. I think we've all been arrested <laughs> yeah. in a quarry, Dave, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, right. It's 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 just a sort of, you know, um, a good memory of good times. Yeah. How can people, is there a website? How can people find out more about the music? TheImperialSound.com. Mm-hmm. You can get uh, our whole album there on yeah. Spotify and everywhere We're on else. Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on all that fun stuff, Twitter, Facebook. And then you can also order order stuff from pravdamusic.com, which is the the label. And that's that's where we're going with this. Pravda, yes. 35 years. Segway. 
35 years. This is the uh, 35th anniversary of this year of the label? Yeah. Uh, in addition to starting our, our musical band career, we started a record label uh, in 1984 to release our own records by, by uh, when we were in a band called The Service. The Service. Yeah, so we, we needed a label to put, put out records. Um, so we started a label, uh, me and Rick, and uh, ran it out of our dorm room, I guess. <laughs> or, or, and then we moved to Chicago, and we ran it out of our apartment uh, in Rogers Park. And then we, we eventually uh, uh, opened a record store, and we had a record store in conjunction with the record label. That was label. over by Metro? Yeah, on Clark Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were attached... In the, in the lobby of the Metro, basically. And we ran the the record store, and we had a separate office on Southport for the label. So we, we had an, you know, we started an empire, and uh, that was in the 80s. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Still over, is. Over 100 artists on releases. Talk, talk about the legacy, all the stuff you've put out. Well, we started... Uh, we 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 started putting out these compilations like early on, which were tributes to KTEL Records, sure. which was you know our passion. That's what you hear. And, yeah. and we we assembled about twenty bands per release to do seventies KTEL type hits, like the Smashing Pumpkins did a track, the Material Issue, Posies, the Posies, uh, Sneeches, the Shoes. What did we? we th- what did the Pumpkins do? Did they do Ozark Mountain Daredevil? Yeah, yeah. They, they did, they, uh, did Jackie yeah. Blue. Yeah, right. And yeah. uh, so those became very popular. Those were very, you know, at the time, our biggest selling releases. And we did them on vinyl. We did them on CD. We did them on cassette. We had all the formats. And we we had the artwork uh, was in the in the style of KTEL Records. I got to say, we were a little bit ahead of the whole, like, 70s hits made mainstream kind of trend. Uh-huh. Honestly, I mean, I think when we did those albums... No one had heard those songs for 20 or 30 years. It had been a long time. It was right? before MeTV. Yeah. Right. Right. And, yeah, before uh, the internet, before before uh, there's something about Mary, right? I mean, where... where uh, uh, there's a song he did. Anyway, so... You're right. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, at the time, it was sort of um, a brainstorm and a revolutionary idea that no one had done before. And, you know, from where we are right now, it sort of seems like not that you know big of a brainstorm maybe but at the time it was like geez no one yeah it was a big songs. project for us because we had yeah. to you know we had to get the rights to all the songs we Very had to get concept. the bands we recorded all the bands you know, we had mostly uh we brought them into our our studios with phil bonet and recorded all the bands and then you know, it was a, at the time it was a very expensive project for us, but we ended up doing three volumes of that. The first one was called Twenty Explosive Dynamic Super Smash Hit Explosions," <laughs> and then we did twenty more. You know, we did a second volume, and the third volume was just called "Star Power." We we couldn't handle having a long title for <laughs> no. the third one, so we just called it "Star Power," which which there is an actual KTEL release called, K-Tel Star Power, called "Star Power," which I still find in in in. You know, bargain bins at, at Salvation Army. And I, album, I buy them every time I see them. The, yeah. the vinyl has a beautiful, re- all three of them, especially the first two, especially have like gorgeous recreation of the KTEL vibe, right? Sure, yeah. primary colors. With a lot of liner notes. Are and, they still available? Are they, yeah. And they are available on vinyl? Yeah. After records. I've got the CDs, but I don't, yeah, really. Yeah, they're, the they're, vinyl they're has a bonus seven inch that has Cheer Accident doing the theme from Shaft, which is <laughs> so messed up. epic. And then there's a, 
on B side of that is Mojo Nixon doing I Just Stopped In to See What Condition My Condition Was In. It's a good song for him. <laughs> you know, also, I guess, epic. Uh, we had so much fun doing it. You know, it was just matching up the artist with the songs were, was so fun. I didn't bring my K-Tel notes in. But Kelly Hogan and John Wesley Harding? Yeah. Did yeah. They? A little bit country, yeah. a little bit rock and roll. A little yeah. bit yeah. country. Yeah. Was that Kelly? That's Kelly. Yeah, that we, Kelly. We have Poi Dog Pondering. You know, they did a song. We had the Smithereens do it. Don't come easy, but you know, by Ringo. Did you assign them the songs, or do they bring the songs? Sometimes to you? a lot of bands had their own ideas. You know, we of course had to approve it, but uh, <laughs> main a lot of bands had their own ideas that we loved, and we yeah, you know, like I think you know the Smashing Billy from Smashing Pumpkins. He came up with the Jackie Blue song, and then other song other bands we had concepts and said do this song it'll be great and it was generally were you generally. through the whole run of 35 years were you always loyal to vinyl i mean vinyl went up no. and down but now vinyl's hot again <laughs> uh it's it's very expensive to produce yeah. on every release so it, at first of course everything came out on vinyl sure. and then it evolved into cd and no one wanted vinyl and we started making our releases on cd and then cassettes got phased out and uh now vinyl is back like the imperial sound is on a beautiful gatefold vinyl release and all of our releases that we do now are on vinyl and that's just that's just in the last few years for a while you know the, the releases were cd but uh, we've done singles over the years seven inches all the time and because we love them and they're fun and good money losers for us <laughs> 35 years. Is that one of the longest independent runs in the Midwest? I'm going to go come out and say it's the longest, the longest yeah. independent run. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. But it's long. Trust me. <laughs> it is long. Yeah. Yeah. Running a label. I mean, yeah, it, it was long. We, we, we're, we're actually surprised. Well, some people, well, I mean, I think I saw Bruce Igelauer talking about just it's going to be all digital. I mean, are you loyal to the physical product? I mean, people still buy the physical product? Do you see it all? You know, there's something about holding it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, we're old people, but still, yeah. there's there's something about holding a, a an LP gatefold album in your hands that is moving and meaningful. It may not be to anyone else, but I think to no, us it people is. like them. Um, By that, when I mean, you're, when to, you're at a gig, and you, to like you a know, 16 year old, you have your merch booth. You gotta have, you gotta have physical things. You yeah. can't just say, "Here's a card. Download our album." Yeah, but, right. but it pulls all these threads from our childhood and our youth, and you know, cleaning weed on the cover of an album. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. Not that I would do that now, but still, you could. Yeah, yeah, you did do that. Um, so. Talk about, we were talking before you went on the air, this Bug House Records with Cordell Jackson. You did these kind of outsider artists, Tiny yeah. Tim. What was that all? We never talked about that last time you were on. And did that lead to Andre Williams? Or was that? Some, I know you were the backing band for Andre. We're going to talk about Andre in a minute. But this Bug House thing, I, I, I did go see Cordell in Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Bug House was a subsidiary label we started with the concept was it was going to be unique outsider artists or... Like, we had Tiny Tim, we had legendary Stardust Cowboy, Cordell Jackson, and we got ha and Hazel Atkins. Hazel Atkins, yeah. And all of the records were recorded live in Chicago. Yeah, at, Hazel, at I saw that, that. Hazel was at Lounge X, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah right. It was a two-night stand. Yeah. We recorded both nights. The first night was a disaster. He yeah. threw a guitar at someone's head. I think that was a song. That was me. Uh, <laughs> he might have, no, it, it was, was another uh, writer. It was a journalist. Oh, was it? Was Bill it? Meyer oh, got oh, hit in the head oh. and he had to go to the hospital. He ran up through the stage <laughs> and out the back door of Lounge X into the night. Uh, bleeding. <laughs> bleeding. Um, but the second night, 
he was quite good um, when we got him his raw hamburger and his, I don't know, grain alcohol he, he, he needed. Yeah, give me my liquor. And then we recorded uh, Tiny Tim at a... What's what's now Martyrs used to be called Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah, it was briefly. Like backwards too. And we stage, brought him in. We met side. him at a gas station in, people, in in Iowa. People in Freeport would love Quicksilver. And, uh, yeah. Quicksilver. Yeah. <laughs> we were at a gas station in uh, Iowa City, and we were at the milling around looking for magazines and snacks. And oh, that looks like Tiny Tim, green streaks in his hair, looking freaky. <laughs> yeah. And he was buying like snacks, and I'm like, "Yes, I'm Tiny Tim." Yeah. And he was very friendly. He's a nice, he was a nice. He guy. I've got very Jerry friendly. Mathers in the so, car. We're on tour. I got his phone Nonsense. number, <laughs> and I called him, and I'm like, "You got to come to Chicago. We want to record you." And he said, "He said yes," and we became his backing band. Great um, stuff. I guess if you want to call us a backing band, we were <laughs> trying to follow him for. He was supposed nights. to be playing a set of hard rock songs, and he came off the plane and was like, I don't play those songs anymore. <laughs> it's now all the great hits from the aughts, which meant like 1905. <laughs> and we were, it's like, we follow were me, maestro. <laughs> the key of G minor. Like, we're not that good, <laughs> Tiny. Yeah. Okay, we got to take a break, and I, I don't want to end the show without talking about Andre Williams, so don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. <laughs> Okay, I like that. Uh, welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. That's Andre Williams, and you guys played behind him. Yeah, uh, he's Andre's a soul legend, uh, former Motown artist and Fortune Records artist, and uh, he had a comeback kind of in the punk rock scene and the soul scene, and we, the Gold Stars became his backing band, and uh, we released a several records on Pravda mm -hmm. of Andre, and I, I kind of became his manager and music director. And uh, now we're working on a documentary uh, with about his life and legacy and all that stuff. So, Melissa Thornley, thank you for hanging out tonight. Thanks for you're, having us. And you're the director of the documentary. So yeah. talk about it. So what's exciting about this documentary is that it started off as just something to promote a new album of Andre's, right? We were releasing an album called Don't, uh, Don't Ever Give Up and started filming him, right? And slowly but surely, more health issues came up. Um, the interest and the intrigue of who Andre is just floored me. And I just spent a lot of time with him and I really wanted to explore it. So we've been shooting since the end of 2015, but at this point, it feels like that's all just been research because now we've got a um, Nicole Bernardi Reese is producing it. She's amazing. She's uh, produced Radical Grace, a, a docu another documentary about Nelson Algren. She's an amazing producer. And we've got a new DP that's going to be working with us, Chuck Prisbol. He directed a short called Bill's Records that is about a record store in Dallas. And uh, Daily Planet has been shooting interviews. We've shot um, we've shot interviews with Betty LeVette, James Porter. Yeah. Um, it, so it's been... But what's happening now is he's going to go back into the studio and he's going to record 
again. And so the story is really going to be about Andre going back into the studio at 82. And who would he be in the studio with? We'll be backing him up and guiding him, you know, in, in, in the studio and producing it to release a single in conjunction with the documentary of of new tracks and he's you know he's he's had some health issues and strokes but he's like really driven to keep going and 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 uh record and work on work on songs and he's he's, you know he's got an enormous catalog over the last 50 or 60 years now and we're, we're we're trying to bring out his uh you know his his thoughts and and music ideas that he has now where do you pick up the story um two questions i mean i i I met him probably for the first time at his 60th birthday party at the beat kitchen and at that time he told me and that's the other thing i fact and fiction i think he had been at the uh, olive branch mission and stuff you know he went in and out of things so where do you pick up the story and then how do you verify stuff it's interesting with Andre because there are so many big stories about his past. And because of the strokes, because of the mental illness and all of that, there's some of it that he recalls, some of it that other people recall. Um, and so the journey is really about Andre now, and it links back to the past. But it's not it's it's not like the typical VH1 behind the music of look at the roller coaster of this, you know, this this crazy artist's life. No, it's really about what happens as we're aging and what happens, how do we stay creative, how do we stay relevant? He's got that magic and that spark even at 82 suffering all the things that he suffered. It's important to obviously get this stuff while people are around. Yeah, and he he's currently he lives in a nursing home because he needs he needs help assistance on a you know daily living basis so he's got that section of his life his you know he lives in a nursing home and that's not that's not good for him but there's there was so few options of where he could live day day to day but on the other hand he's he still has this charisma and style and music you know in him that he wants to you know still get out there how does he get traded by the industry? I mean, does he see any royalties come in? Does he see any money come in from, through his records and stuff? You guys, he, prob, Provda releases, do you take care of <laughs> we, we take care of him as, as best, best we yeah. can, but the majority of his back catalog was um, signed away in very, very bad, shady deals early, in, you know, in the 50s and 60s. And he got screwed, like, horribly. And we tried. We've tried to work on recovering some of that stuff, but it's been very difficult. And he made some major business mistakes, and it, it kind of affected his entire catalog and career, unfortunately. So that's that's part of his story. You yeah. know, he made a lot of bad decisions. He was not not up. You know, he did he did not do well business wise. Throw out some of his well-known songs. I mean, I, I've always been fascinated with uh, his affinity for for food groups. I mean, fat back and corn liquor. I mean, talk about past why the he biscuits. Past his, the, yeah, his, his what's, his the, deal, what's the deal with that? I mean, he, yeah, he's obsessed with greasy fried foods. Yeah, <laughs> but he was his major hit was "Shake a Tail Feather," yeah. which you know Ray Charles covered, Ike and Tina covered, rock bands like the Romantics covered it. So it was that was his money-making hit that should have provided him with. You know, steady royalties because someone's still getting steady royalties from that song. But he wrote a song called Jailbait, which yeah. is very risque. You know, 
song from from the sixties, and he he wrote uh, you know Twine Time, which was actually a, a hit for him. So yeah, he he told me once he discovered Alvin Cash. I don't know if that's true. He, he says lots of things. He, <laughs> he produced Mustang Sally. Yeah, he produced Mustang Sally. That's a fact. Yeah, um, there's a lot of mysterious facts, hmm. but. He he had a lot to do with a lot of lot of music. Uh, Stevie Wonder, Funkadelic. I mean, he was producing everybody. Melissa, two questions. Um, when this when is this going to come out? Our goal is for it to come out in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Early twenty twenty. Yep. And in the minute we have left, what do you think this will do, shedding new light on his career? What do you, and what do you hope it does? What I hope it does is create um, a new level of what Andre can do. Because if he can do this after all he's been through and create something new and create something for his current fans, it's going to blow people away. I bet he's excited about it. He is he's so excited. Well, thank you all. Is there a website or anything yet? People can check um, out stuff? For now, you can check us out on Instagram, Andre Williams Doc, and also on Andre Williams Facebook You have page. to come back as it gets a little closer? Yep. Okay. okay. Love to. Thanks. Thanks, Imperial Sound. Thanks. Want to give a plug again for the show? Yeah. January 26th, next Saturday, uh, I believe it is, at Hey Nani in Arlington Heights, downtown Arlington Heights on Vale Street, and it should be a great time. I love you guys. Thanks thanks for thanks, coming Dave. in. Thank thanks you for all us. for listening tonight. Thanks, Chloe. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Dan Long, for the production and Ernie Scanton for the engineering. And we'll see you next week. I think we're going to have a zither band in here, so don't miss that.